Welcome back to another episode of Chasing Dramas, the podcast that explores Chinese history through historical Chinese TV dramas. This is Karen. And this is Kathy. We are currently analyzing episode 10 of Hou Gong Jin Huan Chuan, Empresses in the Palace. Episode 10 is where we see Jin Huan, our main character, finally fighting back instead of hiding away from the conflict of Hou Gong, the imperial harem. You'll recall that Jin Huan has been sick for the last couple of months as a ploy to avoid the attention of the emperor and in turn the resentment of the other ladies in the imperial harem. But since she's met the emperor and she's all lovey-dovey, she needs to get better. So she's still taking medicine to help with recovery, but at the very beginning of the episode, she notices that she's been very lazy lately and always wants to sleep. She has a taste of her medicine and notices that her medicine has also been a little sour lately. Ding, 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 light bulb. She thinks there's a connection between her laziness and the new taste of her medicine. I commend her because she notices the difference in taste of the medicine. I don't know if everyone could or will. So eh, she's, she's smart. Okay, first point. I'm not sure if I like the pink on her in this scene. And second point. I thought she was pregnant. Unfortunately, she's not. Well, the next step to try to understand what's happening is to call her friend, the imperial doctor, Wen Shichu, to come check out the medicine he prescribed and see if anything is wrong with it. He, through the magic of acupuncture, is able to find out that someone has indeed been messing with his medicine to Jin Huan. Basically, he is able to prick a pressure point on her arm and be able to discern if someone has sabotaged the medicine. I don't know entirely if this is possible. Perhaps someone with more Chinese medicine background can share some thoughts here. The doctor explains that the medicine, or should I say poison, is very subtle. The ingredients added to the medicine will not kill Jin Huan immediately but instead will slowly make her lose her sanity until she ultimately goes crazy. And see, that is why being friends with an imperial doctor is so important and valuable. They can help you with all the medicinal issues that pop up. Upon hearing this, Jin Huan is understandably surprised, but her reaction is not of fright. She says, which means, wow. They actually view me as a threat. Basically, she's ready for a fight, which is a far cry from when she first feigned sickness in earlier episodes. She ultimately realized that she can't always avoid a confrontation, and now she has to face it head on, and give this as a warning to the other ladies in the palace that she is not to be trifled with. She and her maids deduce that her medicine changed when she started getting the attention from the emperor and the emperor appointed a new batch of servants to start serving at Jin Huan's pavilion. All right, it's Detective Jin Huan time. The servants brew a new batch of medicine for Jin Huan, but Jin Huan says there's still something wrong with the medicine. They're all a little stumped because no one else is grabbing the medicine or in charge of brewing the medicine apart from Jin Huan's inner circle. After some more investigation, they realize it's the pot that's the problem, or more specifically, the lid. 
So it seems whoever is responsible soaked the lid with the poison, and it'll seep into Jinhuan's medicine when the medicine gets to a boil and the water hits the lid. Pretty clever, if you ask me. He must be one of the new maids, and the primary suspect is Hua Sui. After some investigation, Xiao Yunzi, Jinhuan's head eunuch, finds out that Hua Sui used to be employed by Yu Yinger the palace maid who stole Jinhuan's identity and became a concubine of the emperor, but has since been demoted and condemned to a solitary part of the palace. Jinhuan brings Hua Sui in for questioning. And I must say, Liu Zhu, one of Jinhuan's maid, has a good eye. I guess torture is just a normal thing, because what Liu Zhu does is she brings in some red-hot coal to the room to use for the interrogation. Jinhuan starts questioning about what happens, but she only cracks after she is threatened with having to hold the hot coals in her hand as a sign of her loyalty. We find out from Hua Sui that the whole sabotage operation is actually a pretty elaborate scheme where a mysterious man gives her the poison to put in the, into the pot lid. Chen Huan orders a fake out to catch the accomplice. Interestingly, Chen Huan's friend Shen Meizhuang is invited to join as part of the operation, but they don't invite An Lingrong, the third of their so-called trio, because they think she's too fragile. The eunuchs are on the roof, and they're ready and waiting to catch the accomplice. I think that's very funny. They successfully capture him, and who is it? Xiao Yinzi, one of Chen Huan's old eunuchs that left a few months back when he and his mentor thought that Jin Huan wasn't going to ever gain the favor of the emperor. Xiao Yinzi confesses that Yu Yingar, the palace maid, who is now banished, was the one who ordered him to do it. The next set of scenes are very important, and we'll dig a little bit deeper later. But Jin Huan and her maids, along with Shen Meizhuang, are deciding what to do about this news. They decide to deliver a killer blow to Yu Yingar and get rid of her for good, because it seems that even though she is banished, that woman can still wreak havoc for Jin Huan. Over at Huafei's palace, her posse are freaking out about this and about what to do. But Cao Guiren, one of the noble ladies, has a plan. You see, they are the true culprits in this case. Yeah, they gave uh, uh, Yu Yingar the ideas and what to do with the poison. Jin Xi, Jin Huan's main maid, reports to the emperor, and we see Yun Yingar is only banished to the Longgong, or Cold Palace, which is a separate part of the imperial harem that we'll discuss in a bit. She's not sentenced to death. Jin Huan then goes to speak with the emperor and puts the nail in the coffin. The emperor sentences Yu Yingar to death by suicide. There's no mention of any other concubines, so it looks like Huafei is in the clear. In the next scene, Jin Huan, Shen Meizhuang, and An Lingrong are chatting in Jin Huan's pavilion. This is the first time An Lingrong hears about the whole poison attempt. And they receive the news that Yu Yinger is not cooperating. She literally won't die and is shouting to see the emperor one last time because in her mind, she'll be pardoned if she sees him again. This puts the eunuchs in a bind because the order is suicide, and she has to die willingly. Unfortunately, the emperor has left the palace for a brief excursion, and the empress is not feeling well, so there's no one to follow up with on this matter. 
Upon hearing this news, An Lingyong excuses herself and goes to Longgong by herself. She goes to find the defiant Yu Ying'er and the emperor's head eunuch, Su Peisheng. She drops some very heavy hints to the eunuchs, basically saying that Yu Ying'er is not worth the effort. Kill her and be done with it since the order is for Yu Ying'er to die. Who cares how she dies, whether it's by suicide or something else? Are you going to tell the emperor otherwise? And are you really going to give Yu Ying'er the opportunity to see the emperor again? He definitely does not want to see her. Su Beisheng gets the hint and orders her death after An Lingrong leaves. And one of the other eunuchs kills Yu Ying'er by strangulation. News travels fast to Zheng Huan and Shen Meizhuang. The eunuchs all think that Zhen Huan gave An Lingrong the order to kill Yu Ying'er. This, of course, is a surprise to the ladies because they didn't do it. The episode ends with Chen Huan and Shen Meizhuang discussing An Lingrong's shocking ruthlessness. But of course, An Lingrong is listening right outside. Well, for this episode, there are a few things we want to discuss more in detail. Even though Jin Huan's detective work is top-notch and it's fun to see some action with the capture of the culprits, we're actually going to analyze a few more subtle things here. The first thing is, what is Leng Gong? Leng Gong, the direct translation is actually cold palace because Leng means cold and Gong means palace. And unfortunately, there really is no equivalent in Western culture that we know of. It's almost as if you are being locked up in the Tower of London. And so what is Lenggong? Lenggong is a place for concubines who are no longer favored by the emperor, and it is a place where they are banished. It's ultimately a place for solitary confinement in the imperial harem. Concubines do not get any of their usual allowance or materials, and most of them also are stripped of the majority of their servants. Many of the women in Lenggong ultimately go mad or die while there because they don't get a lot of the benefits of being in the imperial harem. And what's funny is that uh, being banished to Lenggong is actually a typical threat for most palace dramas, saying, I don't want to be thrown into Lenggong, or the emperor might say, if you do this again, I will throw you into Lenggong. But many of the concubines in history have actually been sentenced to the cold palace. And interestingly enough, there really isn't an appointed or designated place where Longgong is technically supposed to be. So we can't definitively say where it is in the imperial palace. Any place could be Longgong really if the emperor or empress dowager warrants it so. Well, moving on, in this episode, we've seen Zhen Huan getting concrete evidence that she's being poisoned by Yu Ying'er. However, Zhen Huan, Shen Meizhuang, and her servants were discussing the events of the capture and are worried that the emperor may not want to execute Yu Ying'er for her crime, especially if he has lingering affection for her. At this point, Jin Xi, Chen Huan's headmaid chimes in and says that as of now, Yu Ying'er's crimes may not be enough to warrant an execution because in the end, Chen Huan is not hurt. She continues to say that what will be a crime punishable by death is deceiving the emperor. 
The phrase Jin Xi uses is Qi Jun Zhi Zui, which means lying to the emperor. It'll pop up all the time in different dramas, but it is a capital offense. As predicted, when Jin Xi, the maid, goes to report the crime to the emperor and empress, the emperor is understandably upset, but only punishes Yu Ying'er with life imprisonment in Longgong. Chen Huan comes to see the emperor shortly after. The emperor tries to console her, and she says that she is saddened by the drama that has happened because of her. She brings up the fact that on New Year's Eve, she made a wish, but unfortunately, her wish didn't come true. Here, she is bringing up the now famous poetry line that she recited in the Plum Blossom Garden a few episodes back. Ni feng ru jie yi, rong yi mo cui can. Pretty much everyone knows this line now. And she explains to the emperor that she was the one to make the wish initially on New Year's Eve. And she was actually the one the emperor heard in the Plum Blossom Garden that night. She even explained that she had to lie and say she was a palace maid because she was out in the garden while sick and met an unknown man, so she didn't want to get in trouble. She explains everything in a very tactful way so that the emperor can figure out for himself that he has been duped. It's evident now that Yu Ying'er lied to him and that he had given attention to the wrong person, when in fact, the person he met in the garden on New Year's Eve was Jin Huan all along. Without skipping a beat, the emperor calls for Su Peisheng, his head eunuch, to come into the office and calmly tells him that Yu Ying'er lied to the emperor and tried to poison fellow concubines. She is sentenced to death by suicide. The word that's used is actually the word called zi, and which is interesting because it literally means gift. So anything the emperor gives is a gift, even if the sentence or the gift is death. I just thought that was very interesting. Jin Huan is still in the room while the emperor is giving the sentence or gifting the sentence and is very surprised by the sudden change of punishment. Quote unquote surprised. She's not surprised. Yes, they were trying to get this result all along. Well, Huang Sheng explains that Yu Ying'er lied to the emperor using the idiom Qi Jun Wang Sheng, which means just that. Yu Ying'er lied to the emperor and hoodwinked him. This type of crime cannot be overlooked, which is why Yu Ying'er has to die. Jin Huan says that even though Yu Ying'er lied, the root cause is ultimately her admiration for the emperor, to which Huang Sheng says, Jun Wu Xi Yan. This idiom is very famous for palace dramas. It pops up all the time. The translation is that the king or emperor never has joke phrases. What it really means is that the emperor cannot take back his words. He has stated this punishment and he is not taking it back. So Yu Ying'er is most definitely dead, which again is what Jin Huan wanted all along. He does say that since Jin Huan is asking for forgiveness, he is willing to send back Yu Ying'er's body to her family. Great consolation, right? That was supposed to be sarcastic if you couldn't tell. I will also applaud Chen Jianbin's acting here. He is the actor who is portraying Yongzheng, the emperor. I don't know. All I see in this scene are his eyes blinking, no facial expressions. 
For me, this is just funny. Where are your emotions? You're like, oh my God, I just found out that she has been deceiving me the entire time, but I'm just going to stick with my same facial expression and sentence her to death. This is again why uh, all of the fans called him pancake face, because even when he's being deceived, he's like, there's no expression. And even when he is killing someone saying that this person needs to die, no facial expression. Well, this is a huge win for Jin Huan. Yu Yinger is basically dead and she got the emperor to sentence her. Nice and clean, right? The two servants that were also accomplices in the scheme that made Hua Sui and Xiao Yinzi were also sentenced to death, even though in a more gruesome fashion. They were beaten to death. And right now, if we're counting, the death count right now for what we know is at five. And now let's briefly talk about Hua Fei and her posse. They were the ones who gave Yu Yinger the idea to poison Jin Huan and indeed the poison. Huafei needs to have all of the loose ends cut. Cao Guiren, the noble lady, who seems to be the strategist of the group, correctly points out that they need leverage. The only leverage they have over Yu Yinger is her family. If they threaten Yu Yinger's family, she'll keep the secret and literally take it to her grave. Even in the face of death, there are things that Yu Yinger values more than her own life, her family. In that way, she is a tragic figure, Yes, she was an absolutely horrible person to Jin Huan, but she was just a pawn in the chessboard of Hou Gong. She didn't know how to play, and she lost her life for it. I want to end the episode by discussing again that this show tells us how important it is to treat servants with dignity and as humans because you never know how that might impact you. In the scene where Yu Yinger is fighting against the eunuchs to not let her die, she is screaming and screaming to see the emperor. But, again, An Lingyong comes to tell the eunuchs that they should just get it over with. And Su Peisheng, the head eunuch, says this to one of his mentees, one of the other eunuchs in the room. He says, I told you earlier to tolerate her, but now no need to tolerate her any longer. And the mentee promptly brings out a rope and strangles Yu Yinger. Who was this mentee? This mentee is the eunuch named Xiao Xiazi. You'll recall a few episodes earlier, and we explicitly mentioned this, that Yu Yinger abused Xiao Xiazi by forcing him to crack open walnuts with his bare hands, causing his hands to bleed. Yu Yinger used her power and status as a woman of the emperor to humiliate Xiao Xiazi, and she was definitely belittling his existence. Even though she herself was just a maid not too long ago, she looks down on eunuchs. Well, because she did this, Xiao Xiazi and his mentor, Su Peisheng, are definitely eager for an opportunity to exact revenge, and as we saw, did not hesitate at all to kill this woman. Gruesome and scary, I know, but you can't help wonder if Yu Yinger had been kinder, would she have met such a sad fate that no one wanted to advocate or help her whatsoever. But I guess if she were a better person to begin with, she probably would not have ended up where she is now. 
Uh, for me, one last point. Um, we see a lot about An Lingrong's character in this episode. Um, she mentioned when she first heard the news about uh, Jin Huan getting poisoned, why they didn't tell her. And she's the one who goes to Long Gong to tell Su Peishang, the eunuch, to order her death. So she's showing a very ruthless side of her, very different from the meek um, and demure personality that she shows. And this will be a big point of contention for the rest of the ladies moving forward. But as we've mentioned before, it is very clear that Shen Meizhuang and Jin Huan are closer friends than they are with An Lingrong. And these types of actions and these discussions further demonstrate that difference. And that's that for this episode. Jin Huan and Shen Meizhuang have successfully dispatched a level one foe. This is just one of many, many enemies that they will have to face. And it seems like An Lingrong is showing some of her true colors. Even though everyone thinks she is meek and fragile, she was not afraid to go to Lenggong and bluntly ask for the death of Yu Ying'er. Yu Ying'er has died, but what about Hua Fei and the rest of her group? We'll get into all of that in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed discussing it. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please email us at chasingdramaspodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to having you with us in the next episode.